Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, hi, Sandy. Hey, Nat. How's it going? I'm good. I am really happy to be home. Yeah. Tell us about your trip to Portland. Mm -hmm. So I was at the um, mental health and wellness module by held by yoga medicine. And it was it was really amazing. I can't like I can't say enough good things about it. My brain is packed. (laughs) Super. (laughs) It's packed full of good stuff. Yeah. I'm really grateful. Yeah. I want to do a whole interview on you and that training because it's super cool. Really cool topic, mental health. Oh, yeah. No, I'd like to. I mean, it applies to everyone. It's not just if you've been diagnosed with um, something like a specific disorder or imbalance. It really applies to the way all of our brains function and the way our bodies work. So, yeah, I loved it. I would love to talk about that. So we should do that soon um, and maybe think about trying to get Valerie or Diane on to talk about their specialties because they are amazingly smart mm. women, <laughs> incredibly, incredibly smart um, and inspiring people. So they were training you or? Yeah, they were the two main trainers. And ah. then Tiffany did a little bit with the Chinese medicine side of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but I unfortunately set myself up really poorly. I like, booked this super early flight to go over there. So I had to get up at about quarter after three oh. and like I'm in the same time zone as like Victoria and Portland are in the same time zone. So I, like I did not need to do this. I was just being cheap <laughs> when I booked the flight Yeah, and I couldn't even change the flight. Like it was so cheap. Like it was, I don't know, it still cost money. It wasn't that cheap, but it like relatively, I guess it was so cheap that they wouldn't even allow me to change it. Yeah. So I had to commit to that and. Yeah, like I, I had like four hours of sleep or something. Oh, brutal. Because like you're trying to get to sleep knowing you got to get up at three. You just don't sleep well. No, no, you don't. And then there was five of us staying in a place, which is really good. Um, yeah, like we all got along. So everything worked so well. But it's just, it's still hard. It's just hard to sleep in a place that you don't know as well. And like yeah. this, we had this air conditioner blowing straight down at us. and Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't really figure that out until like day four. How <laughs> <laughs> to get that to stop. They usually um, have like those little grill things that you can just turn away. It was like in the heating system, heating oh. system of the whole apartment. So it's like the main thing we had to, and someone else's room was warm and ours was cold. And <laughs> anyways, so I just slept poorly the whole time. Um, I did not feel very alert or fresh. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I still have a background in a lot of that stuff, so I didn't have to – it was not all brand new to me. So, Mm -hmm. But um, I still – yeah, I feel – I just feel really grateful that I could take that and and, um, learn from those teachers and be in the space with all those incredible people. So, yeah, feeling – I'm just very grateful right now. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So was it a sold out training? Yeah, it was. It 70, was 80, 80? Oh, 80. 80. Oh, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of mm-hmm. people. 
Yeah. Mm. That's so interesting that like the, like Tiffany didn't do the majority of it. Cause she usually, the trainings are under sort of her brand and her name. Um, so it's interesting that she sort of like passed on the baton and, and let someone else lead it. Mm-hmm. Well, that she knows that they're, they're kind of the experts in it. And right. she wants to bring people to teach that like are, are the best, are the right, most right. well-versed in that subject. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's that makes good. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's really cool. Um I yeah, we will we will do a whole podcast on like diving into the content, what were your takeaways? Um yeah, and how we deal with mental health in a yoga setting because it's so intimately related, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. already we already do it, but it's kind of interesting to get like the science and the research behind how we do it. Yeah. No, it's like so, yeah. We're already applying. We're already applying so many of the techniques already. But you, someone asks you who's more science based, and you kind of maybe like stutter and be like, "Oh, doing this breathing makes you feel better." (laughs) But like you don't have the like we all know it from practicing, but you don't have the the background. So that gives that to us. Mm. And and Mm. I think even like when you when you know the science behind it, sometimes like I can I can pick different words that better describe it. You know. Mm-hmm. it's like suddenly yeah. there's like this whole new part of the language i can access to communicate what i want to say um so yeah it's cool it's just like a different perspective of looking at things mm-hmm. oh man I'm so jealous i know i missed you big time. Oh, yeah. i miss you too <laughs> i just stayed at home no actually what did we do we went to see a play we saw come from away Oh, cool. I've not heard of that. Really, really fucking good. It's, um, mm. I didn't know this, but it was like, it's a 9-11 story. Oh, cool. That's um, really interesting. Yeah. And it's all about like how, um, everything else was impacted by 9-11, like not, not the, the event itself. So like, um, like hundreds of other flights got, um, diverted away from U.S. airspace and, um, they refused to let them land in like a major city center because they considered every flight like a potential bomb. So they landed it in this like really small town in Newfoundland, um, called Gander. Um, and they landed 50 commercial flights, which was about 6,000 people, which was about the size of that town's population. Oh, I think I've kind of heard about this. Yeah. And it's just this incredible story. Like they must have done so much research, um, uh, going into like all these backstories and, um, like portraying the racism that happened afterwards. And then just like the logistics, like where do you house them? Where do you feed them? Where do you let them shower? You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> 6,000 people is a lot of people when you don't have like hotels, like, um, <laughs> anyway so it was like a it's a really really good play it's like the wonderful blend of like sad and tragic but also like a lot of humor and a lot of lightness and yeah it was so good oh my god if you're ever in town you gotta you gotta see it you gotta book it very cool yeah no i'd love to yeah if i'm in toronto (laughs) or if it comes out this way i don't know it might who knows like things travel right goes everywhere (laughs) okay should we get started yeah, let's do it. Okay, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about the shoulder today. So dun, dun, dun. We haven't talked anatomy for a couple of weeks, I guess. Uh, so this is more specific. So I wanted to talk about people who are having rotator cuff dysfunction, um, injury, if you will, or maybe just maybe it's not a, a, a blow to your shoulder and rotator cuff injury. It might just be some dysfunction there. Where else you would want to look? 
to create um, stability. Okay. But before you start, have you ever had a shoulder thing? I do have tightness in my rotator cuff in the back of the muscle. It's called the infraspinatus. So it does external rotation of the humerus, mm. um, which has affected my biceps tendon. Yeah. My, my, yeah. So it's giving me kind of biceps tendonitis. Ah. Um, yeah. That's like that. And that happened after I studied the shoulder. Oh. Which was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I kind of could fix it based on my knowledge, which is really nice. Yes. Yes. And I think awesome. like some of the tightness in my infraspinatus is also due to instability in uh, how my scapula sits uh, on my rib cage. So we'll, we'll talk about that a lot today. Like scapular stability can be related to uh, dysfunction in the rotator cuff. Hugely, hugely <clears throat> related. Mm-hmm. Ugh, lost my voice for a second. Um, okay, cool. So you gave us a little bit about that. Have you, so what were your symptoms when you had like you saying that the bicep tendonitis, like what does that feel like? That's like a, a really um, specific pointed sharp pain in the front of my shoulder. Like if you went to where your bicep is and you just go up, 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 up um, until you can't really feel that tendon anymore. It actually attaches, the tendon attaches into the labrum of your glenohumeral joints where, where your humerus attaches to the, the glenoid cavity of the scapula. What we're going to give you guys, we have three really excellent videos to show all the anatomy of the shoulder. So it goes over the rotator cuff and um, glenohumeral joint and then all the muscles that attach to the scapula and its movement. And then one other little one that just shows upward rotation of the shoulder. So if you're confused at any point, you'll watch those and you can get that. So, but anyways, really sharp pain right in the front of my shoulder there. And then it was aggravated by the rotation of my humerus. So if I'm standing and my, I'm just saying standing my arm by my side and my palm kind of turns back naturally. And that does involve a little bit of elbow um, movement there but if I just go to turn my palm forward and maybe pull my thumb back a little bit be like crazy pain in there oh interesting. or maybe it was more from like my hand facing forward to my hand turning back okay but anyways it was just that that movement of my humerus that rotation of my humerus would jab pain into the front of my shoulder and do you know what caused it um it it was definitely related to the tightness of my infraspinatus so that that will pull my shoulder into external rotation more. Mm. Yeah, but why why is your shoulder acting like that? Do you know why? Well, or is there, is there? <laughs> two things? Like I was doing home re- renovations at the time, and I was it started kind of a couple of days after I was uh, grouting in between mm. these bricks, and my my lower or my right hand was just it was just held in an awkward way my shoulders were held in an awkward way to hold this little bag of growth that I was squeezing in between the brick tiles yeah posture so basically posture mm, okay Pos- posture that I hadn't been in before and holding it for a couple hours and then when I sleep a lot of time I sleep on my right side mm. so and then my so this was all on my right arm and I have my elbow sticking straight up my shoulder and my form is parallel to the long edge of my bed. So my elbow's at like a 90 degrees. So I'm sleeping with my arm in external rotation, like quite a strong uh, external rotation. Yeah. Oh, but that's so comfy. I do that too. Or I'll sleep on my back and do both arms, like like little cactus wings. 
I just oh, take both up, ours? Yeah, I take up the entire bed. I'm just a jerk. <laughs> just like I don't think I have that range of motion for that to be comfortable. That's amazing. Oh, though. it's so comfy. Or like I'll, your I'll, pecs would be so nice and open if you're on your back. I'll like tuck my arms underneath my pillow. Super comfy. Uh, yeah, super yeah. comfy. Um, but yeah, yeah, sleep position has a huge amount to do with um, how your posture for the rest of the day sort of settles. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. we've yeah. talked about that before. Like you had a hip thing, and I was like, well, "Stop sleeping like a weirdo." But I, I do still the same sleep thing. like a weirdo. Like yeah, I, I, I've been I do trying too. to catch myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so hard. bringing in that awareness. Yeah. It's hard when you're like, you just want to relax and sleep. I don't want to think about this, but yeah, it's good. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So before we keep going, I just wanted to quickly keep going with rotator cuff injuries. So you got yours from sort of one day or a few days of doing this weird posture thing and then you're sleeping on it and then you're not doing anything to to sort of balance out um, that like held posture of that like tube of grout in between something and you're trying to like squeeze Um is so where do most rotator cuff injuries would you say like how do they happen oh gosh I don't know I don't know I don't think I have enough experience to speak to oh oh, okay I think it was in our textbook so I'm asking you yeah (laughs) oh I don't know well I haven't looked at that for a little bit well I looked at it just the anatomy part briefly um I think like for most um orthopedic like doctors and most most medical like in the medical realm of things most rotator cuff injuries comes from um an accident in a sport so it might be a throwing sport like um, a pitcher in baseball it might be in batters in baseball as well golf um injuries that maybe you just like you know tweaked it the wrong way and then the shoulder um gets pulled um gymnastics um but usually it's it's some sort of like pretty aggressive sport where your arm is being used in rotation um aspect of it does it make sense yeah that makes sense and then also anything that has impact because that joint is not it's not it's not a deep joint like you guys will see on the little video of the glenohumeral joint the way the head of your humerus um connects to this this little it's not even a socket it's like a plate on your scapula this Mm -hmm. little tiny um, and then, of course, there's connective tissue around that, but it's not like the ball and socket of your hip where it's like really deep and mm-hmm. there's bones surrounding it. So it is more susceptible to injury upon like, yeah, contact and force directly to it, like even just falling yeah. off, your, off your bike or something and not oh, your yeah. shoulder. I think um, Eric dislocated his in a oh. snowboard snowboarding accident, I think. It oh, was. yeah. Oh, so I just, bet. yeah, falling on it by impact. Yeah. 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 It's hard because your arms are like the first thing you put out. Like when you're falling, you put your wrists and your arms out. Right. So yeah, like that, that impact can, can either like it can damage all the joints that line up to the spine. So the wrist, the elbow, the shoulder, the clavicle, those are all like really common spots um, Mm -hmm. for injury to happen when there's impact involving your arms. Um, So yeah, that, that's like the, I guess the textbook, um, sort of definition of like common rotator cuff injuries. Um, but in yoga, it's a little bit different because we don't really have a ton of impacts. We don't have like balls, bats, uh, goals, um, you know, things yeah. no one should through the air. <laughs> no one should be hitting you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's much less common. Um, 
But in yoga, there is something that we should be aware of when it comes to injuring the rotator cuff. Uh, do you want to take that one? What do you mean? That's very broad. You're going you're gonna to have to. <laughs> <laughs> like, not reading your mind today, Sandy. Oh, no. You usually, sometimes you are. I sometimes know. you're just like, oh, yeah, I got gotcha, you, girl. I got a lot of stuff in there for my mental health and wellness. It's oh, just no. like, I'm kind of I'm kind of full, so. It's like bouncing my, around in your brain. <laughs> I lost my brain reading or my, yeah, my Sandy reading skills. Um, uh, well, I, I just talking about um, re- repetitive strain because that's yes, really the okay. only, yeah, that's like the most of yoga's injuries come from repetitive strain um Mm -hmm. okay now do you want to take it (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and it can add to that a little bit but well and the shoulder is is interesting because you mentioned like uh, especially in yoga we're, we're on our hands if you're if you are practicing in a way where you're practicing downward dog like um more of a vinyasa especially in vinyasa you're moving so the way your hands meet the floor and the stability in in your wrists your elbows all of that kind of will go up into your shoulder so you can kind of almost feed instability from your hands into your shoulder so there's really like a lot of work that has to be done in the whole articulation of your arm Mm -hmm. pressure of your hands into the floor to put your shoulder in in a safe place um, mind you, as we know, and we always speak to in this podcast, there's no bad, no, no movement is bad. There's no bad movement. Right. Um, and like you said, it's just with repetition at doing like certain things that things can go bad. So that was an excellent sentence by me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, not sprained. Go Words. not sprained. <laughs> yeah. So vinyasa is like your down dog, plank, upper dog or cobra that repetition without um, awareness to how your shoulder is moving can really um, create some imbalances fairly quickly if if your teacher is not kind of breaking things down for you, bringing more awareness to how your shoulder moves. And then in all of that, so we were just kind of speaking to the rotator cuff, because your um, upper arm bones, your humeruses, are attached to the scapula. The position of, positioning of your scapula on your back really has a lot to do with um, the integrity of that joint mm-hmm. and the way the muscles pull, the rotator cuff muscles. I don't think we really explained it, but again, you guys will see rotator cuff on that video. There's just four muscles that go from the front and the back and the top of your scapula, and they just kind of enforce that glenohumeral joint. And they, they like the name says, they rotate rotator cuff they rotate your humerus yeah back um so they can pull more on on one side or the other um trying to recreate that stability if it doesn't exist in the muscles around your shoulder blade okay before yeah? you start to get really into that um let's can you quickly give us like a picture of the rotator cuff like do you know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Just like explain where the muscles of the rotator cuff are. Um, or... I think explain like okay, I'll just explain it. So, what you... <laughs> <laughs> I told you I can't, I can't do it today. <laughs> what I want Nat to say is basically 
it's called the rotator cuff, even though it's four separate muscles, because they all exert a force on the, the shoulder itself. So if you imagine your shoulder hanging out there, there's a muscle in front, on top, under, and behind, yeah? And they're mm -hmm. all pulling to, to win this tug of war of the shoulder. Now, it's, it's not pulling your shoulder forward or back. It's actually rotating. So if you held your arm out to the side, it'd be rotating your shoulder forward like your thumb points down, or it'd be rotating your shoulder back like that your thumb points behind you, like Hitchhiker's thumb. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's the kind of pull we're talking about. So these muscles aren't exactly like front of the shoulder, side, back, under. They're sort of like, they sort of cross and wrap around the shoulder um, in order to help it rotate, if that makes sense, you know? Like a totally. little, like a little sock that's twisted, that's full of elastic bands that are pulling. That yeah. was a terrible, that was a terrible No, I, to I like that. I can see that. I can totally see that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So it wraps all the way around with like, oh, tensor bands. You know those like thingies that girls wrap around their legs and do squats with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that wraps around your shoulder, but pulling in all the directions. Yeah. So, yeah. Better yeah, than so a sock. If you're just standing with your shoulder and you're, there's no movement in your upper arm bone, your humerus, then mm -hmm. the rotator cuff's not doing anything. It's just kind of holding it in there, creating stability of, yeah. of that. Um, if you shrug your shoulder to your ear or you move your shoulder way forward in space, way backward in space, or you pull it down, different muscles are working on the entire shoulder girdle and the scapula. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's separate. So now we, we, we're clear on the shoulder rotator cuff. Let's, let's get really clear in the scapula because you, you keep mentioning scapula and I know it's really important, but let's, so what, what is this relationship of rotator cuff to scapula? So the rotator cuff takes your arm bone and connects it to your scapula. And then next, the scapula sits on the back of your rib cage and it's, it's, um, what's the name for that joint? Floating joint? I think it's just like a false joint. It's not, false it's not joint? a real joint. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no like bone to bone contact. There's no kind of cartilage behind the scapula onto your ribs. It's just kind of moving with respect to the back of your rib cage. And then it's, it has a finite range of motion because of all of the muscles that are attached to it. So Really, your arm is attached to your scapula. I think that's solid. But then that bone is kind of moving all around your upper mm -hmm. back. And I think that's something that like it took me a while to really picture this and really understand it, that your scapula isn't attached like by a bone, like a direct bone to your ribs. It's just floating. It's just sort of hovering. Mm -hmm. It's just like there. And then your your entire arm, your humerus, your elbow, your forearm, your hand is attached to the scapula. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, like where the scapula moves, your entire arm will move. Um, and you can sort of do that experiment. Like if you hollow your chest and throw your shoulders forward, that's your scapula protracting across your back to throw the, the entire shoulder forward and your entire arm goes forward. It's not like your wrist can hang back, right? It's like everything mm -hmm. goes forward. And if you do the opposite and pinch your shoulder blades together and thrust your chest up, your entire arm goes back. It's not like disconnected, right? So that idea that the, the scapula is just sort of held only by basically um other than the chromium to the collarbone it's basically only held by muscles um onto your back and otherwise it's just floating um those muscles are so so important they're so important in stabilizing your entire arm yes yeah yeah well picture an easy way to picture it is um vashistasana side plank 
So you can articulate the rotation of your humerus. And usually teachers will cue to like where um, your elbow points or the inner part of your elbow. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of move that so that that is kind of centered. You're not pulling it back, reefing it back too much, and you're not um, pushing it forward too much. So that that's just rotation there. But say you have that perfect uh, balanced amount of rotator cuff um, tension on the on the head of the humerus there. But then the front of your shoulder is kicked way forward. Mm-hmm. So like the like entire it, shoulder is kicked way forward, you mean? like the Exactly. Uh, so yeah, your yeah, shoulder yeah. blade yeah. is kind of protracted, like you mentioned. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like someone with really bad posture, their shoulder is super forward. So you can have that rotation nice and balanced, yeah. but then boom, your shoulder is so way forward that actually it's going to affect how the head of your humerus, again, is sitting in that little cavity. Yeah, yeah. So it I works. Think to, it works yeah. together. Like one depends on the other. Yeah, that's such get... a good visual. Like you can even think about it in plank, right? So like the shoulder blade sitting against the back. If the shoulder's forward in plank, then it's almost like you're rounding your upper back towards the ceiling. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like that forward, like way too far forward shoulder. And then from there, if you were to put weight on it and rotate um, your hands in or out, then you can sort of like feel how. Um, this might limit that, you know, like the, the forward shoulder might limit your ability to rotate or the rotation might um, just not happen very easily, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what did I want to talk to next about that? The plank so, thing. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> I was just thinking the plank thing is um, side plank, rather, Vashitasana, mm-hmm. is somewhere where I've seen kind of over cueing um and this is straight not all the time but over cueing just in that shoulder rotation oh so okay I've, yeah and i'm sure just like everyone does something different but i've heard a couple of times or often enough people really cueing to turn that what do you want to call it the inner edge of your elbow the soft part mm-hmm. the, the non-pokey part yeah to really like <laughs> rotate that straight forward and that is exterior rotation um that's that's asking your infraspinatus to really contract to create Mm -hmm. that rotation so the muscle on the back of your shoulder blade part of the rotator cuff um but then less attention to again that positioning of the shoulder blade on your back yeah yeah what that does it really creates like a lot of stress in the rotator cuff to do all the work especially holding weight if you're um you don't have uh, one of the, one of your feet or knees drop like your full weight on that arm. Right. Um, so to bring more awareness there is to draw the front of your shoulder back. And then a big part of it is to push down a lot through your hand uh-huh. because you know this, like your, your scapula is stabilized on your back by, again, muscles that connect to the inner edge and the muscles that connect to the front, the back, like all sides. But the serratus anterior is a really important one it connects to the front of your shoulder blade which is really hard to imagine because like in between your ribs and the shoulder blade you can't touch it mm-hmm. and then it goes along the side of your ribs yeah um, and it's a huge player in scapular stability yeah yeah i think you're yeah you're right on it with the side plank because it's a weight bearing on one side um and yeah I, I have heard that rotate the inner elbow forward or rotate um and for me that's always like a really um 
I don't know. It, it has to be one of those things where, like you say, you you put an until, like rotate until this, because for a hyper flexible person, I can I can like overdo that. You know, I can mm-hmm. be like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm rotating, and then I'll keep going, keep going, and then that little tiny rotator cuff, external rotator muscle, the infra, right, infraspinatus, yeah, um, and teres minor, they'll just they'll just be in agony because they are doing a lot of the work that they shouldn't have to do. Um, I think the rotator cuff is more of a stabilizer than a prime mover. Is that right? Well, it just, I mean, it's going to move the, all of, all four of them have to work to stabilize the head of the humerus on Mm -hmm. the scapula. And then they'll, they're working together with the stabilizers of the shoulder blade. They they do, they're the prime movers in rotation of your upper arm bone. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm quite sure of it. Really? The delts don't do any of that? Mm, I don't think as. Oh, maybe not as well because they're positioned really well to rotate. They're more like lifting your arm up, deltoids. I thought they had a small rotation, but maybe maybe they're abduction. accessory. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Delta more abduction, I think. Okay. I can check into that. We can look into that. And we'll put our, if we do find that, we'll put a reference to it. <laughs> Delts. Um, um, but yeah, I, yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So I've, ex- I've experienced in that pose, like with, learning about the rotator cuff or having that external rotation over cued without the and I usually pull my shoulder back I'm pretty good about that but I'd pull it back in a way that kind of it's just also using infraspinatus so that pushing down really lifting your ribs away from the floor to give a lot more stability oh I can feel it just by doing it like stretches (laughs) and stretching something out when I really really do it I feel like, yeah, it's like serratus and lats that kick in to help hold the scapula um, more so yeah. than the, the rotator cuff. Yeah. yeah. So you can actually like that kind of was playing into my injury a little bit or my, dis- I don't want to call it injury, kind of like dysfunction. Mm. It wasn't, it was, it hurt, but it wasn't crazy. Um, and I was noticing that my, my arm just really wanted to turn out. So I actually got to pull it back a little bit. Yeah, I had to work against that external rotation. Yeah, and work more shoulder stability. Yeah, hi, welcome to my life. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you can go, you can go too far in any direction. Yeah, absolutely, that's... you can. Yeah, like that's what I was saying. Like I, I actually have to when anyone, and you know, the other cue that people use is a down dog one. Like, oh, spin your um, biceps in, triceps yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I overdo that, I will hurt. Like it hurts my shoulders, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I have to like, nope, I'm not spinning. I am spinning the other way or I'm spinning both ways a little bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like finding that happy medium and then working beyond that, working to the space between your shoulder blades. And like, maybe you're, you're hiking your shoulders up by your ears. Notice that as well. Yeah. There's your shoulder blade in the middle of your backside to side and top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really tough because like, even just like thinking about my shoulder blade, I remember we did that experiment. Do you remember, um, in the shoulder module where, uh, you sort of have an idea of how big your shoulder blade is on your back and then you have someone else like touch it for you and then take a picture of where your shoulder blades actually traced. And like shoulder blades can be very small depending on, um, uh, anatomical variability. And like mine were like, I thought mine were huge, but they're actually these dinky little things just hmm. floating around my back. It's crazy. Now I'm just now I just want to touch your scapula. Yeah. 
I think it's like a really good exercise for because shoulder blades are not always visible, right? Sometimes they are depending on the shirt. But like if you just had like a classroom where we could like draw in like felt marker everyone's shoulder blades mm-hmm. and then you just look at that atomical like anatomical variability, like some are big, some are small, some you know, and if we, we were able to that, you would even be able to see how they sit just with like standing posture, like how they sit against your back. Like some wing out a little bit, depending on the serratus weakness. Some uh, are way forward around the ribs. Again, it just depends, right? It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the mental picture we draw is not always reality. That was like a huge wake up for me. Like my, my shoulder blades are little dinky things. I thought mm. they were big. <laughs> They're not. I feel like mine are relatively big. I don't know. Right? I know. I have to compare with you. Next we'll time. we'll do one of these. Yeah, I'll like palpate and then I'll like draw it on your back. Yeah, like I'll... within like an eyeliner or something. I'm thinking. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nat and Sandy have a date, and it's all. <laughs> we have a make a makeup date. But the eyeliner doesn't go on our eyes. No. <laughs> that's a really good idea, actually. Right? <laughs> and then washes off clothes, too, right? Yeah. You should do that with, like, if we're 200s, if you get, um, when you, that's you true. 200 hours sometimes. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what your shoulder blade looks like? <laughs> yeah, and then you can just, like, teach a little bit or have someone teach a couple people yeah. and just watch the movement in, in reference to the initial lines, how their shoulders are sitting on yeah. the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. cool. Oh, jinx. (laughs) Um, Okay. So shoulder stabilizers. Did we miss any? So we mentioned, what did we mention? We only talked about, I talked serratus anterior, which is the one on the side and rhomboids a little bit. So that goes um, from your spine to the inner edge, the medial edge of your scapula. Yeah. But there's there's a ton more that really affect, especially when... You're moving your arms overhead. Tell me about that, Nat. Tell me. All of the muscles? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, just tell me whatever you want to tell. What, whatever you think is most relevant that people will encounter. Um. Um, so when you're moving your arms overhead, the scapula moves in what's called upward rotation. Yeah? Did I get that right? Yeah. You got it so right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think arms overhead, upward rotation so they just kind of they don't do like a full like 180 or anything but the you can think the tips of your the bottom tips of your shoulder blades when I say tips of the shoulder blades I always think of the bottom it's that I think it's called the inferior angle yep that lower point so they move kind of out towards the sides of your ribs so they move away from your spine and then a little bit more upward in space yep I'm not sure like the degree movement that they're supposed to kind of rotate there but the so the whole blade just kind of I don't know if you take your hands with your thumbs facing in palms facing away from you just move your fingertips closer together and you rotate your whole hand mm-hmm. I don't know about like 45 degrees or something yeah <laughs> well that's you kind of what they do yeah I'm like watching the pigeons flying around and you can almost imagine it's like a pigeon that goes from, you know, sitting on its uh, legs to starting to open its wings and take flight Um, and how the wings sort of like unfurl out and up to the sides, if that makes sense. Oh, that's so, so cool. Right? Like your yeah. wings should do that. They yeah. should They should go out and up. Yeah. Yeah. Like freely and easily. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so what happens with dysfunction um, is that sometimes that action gets stuck. Um, and as a result, like the wing sort of like hiccups a little bit. So if you imagine like a bird going nice and easy, both wings out to the side and then up. Um, and if it, if it had like a shoulder dysfunction, poor little pigeon with shoulder dysfunction, like one wing might like very easily go out to the side and the other one sort of like gets jammed, gets a little jammed, and then it finally goes up like really fast. So rather than like an even slow all the way, um, there might be a point at which that wing just doesn't move very well. Um, that little hesitation in, uh, scapular rhythm, they call it like the rhythm of the wings, um, upwardly rotating and then releasing. Um, and so when that happens, you can sort of, you can sort of guess that there might be either a trapezius or a levator scap, um, sort of what's going to call it, um, overdoing it, um, and over overly helping if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, this kind of fine balance between the tension in your levator scapula trapezius trapezius is huge and it does like a couple different things. Like it works in parts to rotate the scapula. Um, so it's not just like one contraction, it's moving one way. And the, the videos that we add into the show notes show that really nicely. Um, what else is working with that rotation? I think serratus is as well. Yeah, serratus, serratus is pulling it forward and up. Yeah. Yeah. Serratus does. So some have to contract, some have to relax. And yeah. then it's just a whole harmony of tension. Um, one other thing that I was kind of came, or I don't know if I came across this in the video. I might, might mention it in the video is that tension and well, like a, a good amount of stability i'd rather say stability instead of tension and all of those muscles just kind of keeps your shoulder blade on your back in place there mm-hmm. but imagine having too much stability too much tension in all of those yeah that's that's going to hinder the movement of your scapula to raise your arms overhead and then it's also going to probably stress your rotator cuff because yep. your your rotator cuff will be kind of trying to move like you're moving your arm in hopes that your scapula follows. Right. And if that doesn't happen, if your scapula stays the same and you move your arm overhead and you're rotating your arm, Mm. um, some muscles are going to have to really like be longer and then others are going to have to contract a lot. So that can create some imbalance just in, um, even if you just had like an even tension system that's overworking on your shoulder blade. Mm. Is that common though? I don't know if, it might be. It might be. You I never don't know. know. Everyone's yeah. bodies are different. I feel like it's more common to have one part of the shoulder versus the other, not just like everything is too tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in like just the natural postures that we yeah, take in our everyday exactly. lives. Like yeah. Yeah. Usually, well, like what would you say are like the more common or the most common postural, um, I don't know if you want to call it misalignment, but, yeah. but just posture in general for the shoulder blades yeah definitely that forward shoulder right so if you think about seated desk posture shoulders forward um if you think about the front uh line of the shoulder if that makes sense you know how like your deltoid sort of creates that front line of your shoulder um that is thrown more deeply like that line is more deep because the shoulders are forward um so i i feel like that's much more common to see in people walking around standing around waiting in line that kind of thing um and so that that sort of points to the front of the shoulder being tighter than the back of the shoulder Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and then what happens there and we know we've talked about 
fascia in other um, episodes is with that shoulder positioning more forward, usually your scapula has then kind of not much, maybe rotated a little bit, but just kind of what's called protraction moved away from the spine more so. So your shoulder blade actually sits, you can think about it kind of more on the side of your body. And it's usually not that dramatic, but it is, it is moved away from the middle. Yeah. And with that like constant tension, the muscles between your spine and your scapula, the rhomboids and the trapezius are two of the main ones there. That, that constant length, we know that that dries the tissues out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) You're like so stoked right now. And then with drying the tissues. So gross, Like thinking about it. It's just like, that's nasty, man. But then when you go to contract, they don't glide. So they actually don't work as well to do their job. Yeah, they just dry crusties. It's jerky. Totally. (laughs) I mean, it's not really like that, but. And there's other things you can get. You can get like little adhesions in there, which stops stops the gliding. Um, So sometimes awakening the muscles with some myofascial release techniques will help mm-hmm. to first just kind of turn them on, bring some yeah. more hydration, yeah. and then they can contract and start to move your shoulder blade across the back of your body the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, like a big uh, lightning bolt in my brain kind of thing was this this idea that forward shoulder doesn't necessarily cause pain. It might cause a biomechanical disadvantage for your rotator cuff, but it might take a long time before someone gets pain from that. So there's tons of people out there that can get away with this with like no symptoms whatsoever. And then there's a lot of people out there like me that can't get away with it. You know, I feel my shoulder coming forward and then my hand goes numb. Like it's already impinged on either a nerve or a blood vessel, like right away, um, so you can't just look around and see like that guy's got forward shoulder. He must have numb hands or really bad uh, neck pain. Like you can't, you don't really know that he might be just fine where it's, it's someone like me who has like, Oh, her shoulder is like barely slightly forward visibly. You can barely see it. Um, but yet my hand is numb. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really hard to correlate the two, especially with the shoulders. Cause it is so mobile. Um, so it's really hard to say that like everyone should put their shoulders back. Uh, not really, but most people will probably benef- benefit from a little bit of it, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think pain is so interesting because I yes. think there have, and I, I won't reference this because I don't have the exact reference, but I, I know I'm aware that there have been studies looking at um, disc degeneration. Maybe, I think we've probably gone over this in our studies with uh, yoga medicine that they've looked at the degeneration of discs or injury in the spine and you cannot mm-hmm. correlate that with pain. Yeah, not at all. Like there's people with no history of herniated discs or anything, yet they have so much pain in their back. And then there's people with like a bulging disc who don't even know it. Like mm-hmm. they just walk around, they're like, I'm fine. I'm I'm <laughs> you know, everything works. Um and they don't know it, right? Like it's it's so crazy. Um but yeah, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with like individual variants, with sensitivity, with how primed you are to pain and how, how your brain works. Um, yeah, there's just a ton of like, there's a ton to a symptom. Like each symptom can't really tell you the biggest picture, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It tells you like that tiny little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing that I really want people to be aware of, I mean, in the entirety of their yoga practices or, or any activity that they do is like, we are, we are working jobs to make a living, to support ourselves and our families. 
And your body has to be in a certain position to do that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. sometimes you come into another practice or an activity and you can get so angry at your body that it's not doing what it should be doing, what you want it to do, right? I heard those air quotes. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a really worthy practice just to to know that your body is in a certain shape because it literally is helping you all the time like the tension system of your body is constantly reworking and creating balance so that your body has to do the least amount of work to hold its limbs and in, in position in a certain way for a certain amount of time so when your shoulder is moved forward on one side it's because maybe you're carrying your purse all, all the time on that one side because you're working at your computer your hands on a mouse maybe you're grabbing your kid and you have your yeah. kid on your hip Oh my um, God, how many is. mothers I see with like shoulder injuries like that, that actually hurt. I think it's been like, it's so many. I can't even yeah. count them. Yeah. So yeah. many. Well, your body is literally trying to help put you in that position. It's not doing something bad and mm-hmm. to kind of work through injury with that sense of compassion is extremely helpful because I see a lot of people also get so frustrated and I've experienced that in my past and that's Hello, like, that's me. Yeah. Now I'm like, <laughs> I take it. I take it differently and I think it's really helpful. That's so hard. It's so yeah. difficult. It's like so wired in me just to be, like it I see it so it's so easy for me to see it as like a failure, you know? Like oh, I should have done this more. Or I should have stretched more, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so if that's like a constant definitely a constant practice for me. Well, it's just interesting for us to want to have our bodies like in an anatomical position that looks a certain way when in reality we're not we're not moving in that way to create that form. So exactly. Maybe if you're a mom, your shoulders are going to be forward for like a good amount of years until you're at the stage where you're not picking up a kid constantly. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise you would just be battling that all the time. Cause like really the exercises, if you want to think of that way that you're doing is to kind of bring your shoulders forward. Mm -hmm. Um, We just have a lot more awareness to hold in the front of our body than the back of our body. So it's, it's really hard to hold a kid and pull your shoulders back. I've tried. <laughs> it's really hard to it's really hard to hold a kid behind you. Cuz that yeah. would be like the exact opposite. Can you imagine? Instead yeah. of picking up your kid from the front, you pick it up from the <laughs> behind <laughs> your back. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um maybe someone will think of something some like leverage system to <laughs> I don't know. Like a pulley system to lift yeah. your kid. Um, I was going to say something that a chiropractor once said to me, um, that there is no perfect spine, that the perfect spine is like an element on the periodic table. A lot of them just exist in a, like a, a time and a space for a short duration and then it passes. And I thought that was so insightful. Like there is no perfect body. There is no perfect shoulder. There is no perfect anatomy because we are constantly imbued with all the stresses of our lives, whether it's a good stress or a bad stress or just like a neutral, whatever stress that we don't even think about, but that does come into our bodies that um, it just doesn't exist. And so the search for a perfect spine isn't, it's like futile. The search is futile. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like nothing's going to come from it. Right. Um and that what we are are creatures of adaptation and that our spine is adapted to meet the stress, just like the rest of our body is adapted to meet the stress of our lives. And that's just the way it is, that that's your perfect spine. That's your perfect shoulder. That's your perfect hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really helpful for people to hear. Yeah, I think so too. It's a it's a struggle to practice it, but for me at least, but good reminders keep reminding Mm -hmm. me Nat. 
yeah, I think more and more this practice, I mean, in at least in my practice and hopefully hopefully in the general population is to to not be striving for like this perfect anatomical body, yeah. but to just bring balance into your body so you can be with less pain and be more functional in the things that you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, hey, that being said, I went rock climbing yesterday. Oh, did you fall and break your back again? No, I didn't. (laughs) No, that already happened. I've I've moved past it. (laughs) I'm good. Um, But I did do a number of things differently. I went really, like, I really warmed up. We spent, like, five, ten minutes um, just on the mats. And then I took us through, like, lunges and, like, shoulder stuff. Um, And then we went to, you know, know those, like, uh, chin-up bars? And Mm -hmm. we just, like, hung on the chin-up bars. Um, so hands gripped and then just hang your body weight, um, or a little bit of body weight at least. And then the other thing I did was I went up like the easiest ones, um, the easiest bouldering paths, like maybe two, three times until I I felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do the thing that's going to challenge me. Um, so yeah, that hanging would be really, I think really important. That's a really good thing to do because we talked about it in the yoga for bone or talking about bone density that um episode yeah where like a muscle pulls on your bone and the bone gets yeah. stronger in that area so and, and that really goes with every cell of every tissue like your connective tissue strengthens in that way as well when there's tension on it it it, it pulls and uh dense densifies is that a word anyway <laughs> <laughs> it gets more dense and anyways it, it, it creates more stability and structure around your joints your whole body just works like that like cell to cell like shearing and creating uh, more strength there yeah Yeah. so pulling if you're gonna do a sport where you're kind of hanging and pulling you want more stability in your shoulders in your back the way your shoulder blades are on your back your spine like the entirety of your body hanging would be a perfect thing to do it's like the one thing that i wish yoga could have in some way but i don't know oh it's so nice it's like the I like it because it's like a strengthener for your forearm muscles and your wrist muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because it like also like stretches your lats and your external rotators so well um, and your chest actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. it's just like, yeah, it's such a nice stretch warm up thing. And you can do so much from there. You can even do shoulder shrugs from there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just feels, it feels so good to move the shoulder blades um anyway Good. yeah I'm, big fan big fan i'm happy you learned from your last <laughs> thank you thank attempt. you <laughs> yeah it <Okay>. was bad <laughs> well, one last thing that i wanted to say about the shoulder um we'll just i guess give an example is eric has had like this instability in his shoulder and his and his whole entirety of his shoulder um since he was i think he was a kid like 15 or 16 or something like that and Mm-hmm. fell snowboarding onto his shoulder I think right. his I don't even think his arm was out like I think it just went straight onto the shoulder and I believe this is the oh, story anyways like he rolled onto his shoulder yeah or maybe just fell for, I don't know, forward or back but it dislocated his shoulder um which when you're dislocating your shoulder you're tearing the muscles of your rotator cuff to some degree like they are they're strained there yeah they're not where they want to be so he had to do a lot of work on strengthening his rotator cuff um, and then he was finding he had some shoulder pain. I think when he started working in an office, like your nine to five or longer hours than that, because mm-hmm. his mouse arm was the same arm. Um, and 
he went to the physiotherapist and they just kind of gave him those exercises that you do with like a a little the elastic mm-hmm. tension piece what are they called why am I gapping on that? Those tensor band thingies? I yeah, like a, yeah, okay, like a, yeah, yeah. That's what you said earlier. I think tensor band. Yeah. So you like tie them to a door, doorknob, whatever, and then you hold them in your arm and you like keep your elbow by your side and you rotate your hand out. So you're using the infraspinatus external yeah. rotation, and then you do the opposite and rotate it in. But that was like the majority of his exercise, and there was nothing given to the stability of his shoulder blade on his back. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had him do like little scapular push-ups where you're just in a tabletop we do these all the time in yoga medicine you teach so them in your good. classes too you yeah. just spread your shoulder blades and then move them together spread them apart and you can do it with more weight like in a plank with your knees in a plank mm-hmm. as you get stronger stuff like that yeah and that like really helped the whole like integrity of his shoulder yeah and now when it it still does go out of balance because he's still sitting a lot mm-hmm. in the day or standing it doesn't matter but like using that one arm that arm the shoulders forward so but just that rotation, just doing the rotation, like stabilizing how your shoulder moves on your scapula, it's not going to help like the, the big picture, I guess. Is what I'm yeah. Going for. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's sort of like when you think about like an ankle or a knee injury. Um, yeah, you can work around the ankle, you can work around the knee, but um, there has been an effect up into the hip. You know, mm-hmm. so you kind of want to look at the structures closest to the spine, um, as well as the structure of injury as well, like all together in this more holistic picture of it. So the shoulder blade is closer to the spine than the shoulder, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like hugging inner to the spine, if that <laughs> words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just closer. It's more proximal. Um to the spine and so it's gonna have a huge impact on stability because our stability always comes from the core always comes from the spine right Mm -hmm. so the shoulder blade is is essential um into how the rotator cuff is going to function yeah super important i think that was a mic drop sandy oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) um nat is he better now like is he is he still feeling any pain um i don't think he has pain right now he has mm. to do some work to still recover from like all the work we did with our renovations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh. Um, and then like yeah, I think he's pain free at this moment. His arms aren't going numb right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Yo, I feel him. It's kind of I like when you have that imbalance, it's constant work that you have to do. And maybe yeah. something like um neurokinetic therapy we talked about that with elena yeah, um yeah. he might have to rewire some patterns there from a neurological perspective that's my yeah, guess yeah for sure yeah, yeah and i think i think the mindfulness might help too because like the what you do the most is going to have the biggest impact right so your sitting posture how do you watch tv how do you sit at your computer how do you read a book like the things you hold the postures you hold mm-hmm. those are the ones to also have a good look at and just yeah. notice seeing if you can change it up yeah yeah i'm on i like i was nagging him when he's on his phone and his head's like chin dropped to his chest <laughs> can't even can... hold his head yeah, up maybe <laughs> maybe just lift your head i don't know a couple inches maybe yeah. just move your arm up maybe go to a computer yeah 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 it's maybe. a it's a toughie phones have really changed the way they've changed our brains you know yeah yeah my th- i get a sore crazy. thumb my right yeah. thumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
not that bad, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we will look closer to the spine as well for that one. We'll see what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. Let's put the, put the phone down. Yeah, Maybe seriously. Put done. the phone down. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to do a quick sum up of uh, what we're looking at here? Oh, gosh. I guess so. Um, the rotator cuff rotates the head of the humerus and the glenoid fossa. That's your scapula. So those muscles connect your upper arm bone to your shoulder blade and rotate it. And then your scapula moves across your upper back. And there's a whole ton of muscles there. Probably best to just look at the video. <laughs> the ability for your scapula to move on your back will affect kind of down the system how your rotator cuff is stressed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then also we didn't talk about it, but the, the positioning of your um, your spine will also affect how your shoulders are working a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, like you can you can just keep going and going and going, but that should be kind of considered as well. The positioning of your spine posture is yeah. there. Um, what else? So you mentioned some really nice things for the shoulder to bring um, the blood flow and the mobility and the strength back into the shoulder blade muscles, so rhomboid serratus. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So one of them was the were the um, what's going to call it scapular push-ups so mm-hmm. hands and knees protraction retraction and then adding weight to that do you have anything else in yoga you do for those for oh. shoulder blade stability yeah but i couldn't i can't think of it off the top of my head right now there's yeah. <laughs> we definitely that we definitely do it and there's a lot of little tricks into doing that yeah so i i actually really like gym stuff for shoulder blade stuff mm-hmm. um so like hanging from a pull down bar, a pull up bar, um, that one I, I love for like everything shoulder. And then just like, I can't do a pull up, but if you just start to do a pull up, then don't even like bend your elbows, just pull the shoulder blades down and lift your chest up. That's like such a good one for, um, the lats. It's such a good one for your back and just the, the stabilizers that hold the shoulder blade. And then if you like mm-hmm. do that a, a few times, but really slow, like release it really slow, you'll get your serratus and then pull it back really slow. You'll get the lats. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Like that's the, one I love. Um, and the lower trapezius in there, which is really uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely think of some ways to integrate that into yoga, but we'll maybe save that for another episode. <laughs> it's getting long (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. all right cool should we call it a day then yeah i think we're good thanks for listening guys thank you uh you you do our things oh sure okay so we um we offer a 10 percent discount for anyone who's signing up through our link for any of the wanderlust events um and those are all over North America and they're starting to go into Australia and Europe. So check them out if you want to go to a big, amazing, inspiring yoga festival. We have some, I think, two day and four day events that are really, really great. That's how I started kind of um, figuring out who my teachers or what were going to be. And, and I don't know. It's also just a great thing to do if it's like summer in your area. 
have fun. And then the other thing is rad rollers. So we have a link for rad rollers and we talked about myofascial release today in between the shoulder blades, between your shoulder blade and your spine to hydrate those tissues and using um, those rad rollers is a perfect way. It just feels, it also just feels so good. Like, especially if you're someone that's sitting with your shoulders kind of forward all day, cause that's what you have to do to put some uh, pressure in there. It's like, Oh, the best. Maybe. <laughs> We'll give you guys that link if you're interested in getting those products for yourself or for your students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. That's it. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.